Good evening. Please pray with me. As we come now to turn our attention to the death of your son, Jesus Christ, for our sins, I pray that you would be with us, that you would break our hearts of stone, that you would open them up to see you as you really are, to see ourselves as we really are, that we might be changed. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. When I was a kid, one of my favorite treasured possessions was a green, tattered old book by Robert Louis Stevenson called Treasure Island. I still have that book. The binding is all strung out now, and I think the green cover is gone somewhere, lost. And most of the pages just actually crumble as you try and turn them. But I keep it around for nostalgia because of the way it smells. And if you love books, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. The first time reading that book, it introduced me to the phrase, X marks the spot. Of course, X marking the spot of the treasure on the map that young Jim finds that sets him off the adventure for his life. And everyone in the book and the entire plot is everyone trying to get to the center of that X, the center of that mark, to find the treasure. Of course, along the way, we find out who everyone's true character really is. We find out what kind of a kid Jim really is. You learn who a double-crossing pirate like Long John Silver really is and who a good and wise man like Dr. Livesey is. You learn all the way through to the center of that map where X marks the spot. Tonight, we come to the center. We come to the cross, which is itself an X that marks the core and center of everything of our world in tragedy, of me as I am, as each of us actually are, the center of who God is, center of heaven and earth, of history and time, the still point of everything. Tonight we come to the center. What are you afraid that will happen to you? The thing that you plan against, the thing that you run away from, that you pray will never happen to you, an embarrassment, a loss or failure, or what enrages you because it's so unjust or so wrong? What makes you sad and desperately blue? The worst of the worst, all of those things, every single one of those things happens this Friday so many years ago. It is the limit of the worst tragedies that the world can bring. And crucifixion was designed to be the most painful possible way that someone could die. That was why and how the Romans designed it. You suffocate to death with all the panic that your body goes through when it cannot breathe. Your joints are dislocated. Nails are driven through your wrists and feet. It's agonizingly slow. You have unquenchable, unsatiated thirst. So are you afraid of physical pain? Check. You're hung naked in public for everyone to see. Embarrassment and shame. Check. Jesus was mocked. He was beaten. He was a victim both of mob violence and of sanctioned state tyranny. The Roman law that was meant to protect him was used against him. He was exchanged for a criminal that everyone knew was guilty. And Pilate, who was supposed to be the authority, abdicates his responsibility. He chooses his position over truth. He becomes an inept, corrupt relativistic politician. Jesus was killed because it was convenient for the people in power. 
betrayed by a friend with a sign of love. He was abandoned by his friends. He was forsaken by his heavenly father. The sky, it says, goes dark because the cosmos itself was too mortified to look and watch Jesus, the son of God, in the dark, alone, in pain, physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual horror. And he was totally innocent. And everyone there knew it. And he saw it coming the whole time. Unthinkable violence, injustice, betrayal, abandonment, loneliness, despair, darkness, and shame. All of it and the limit of it. Check, check, check. This, arc, this X marks the very worst of everything. And at the center of this story, we also see our characters revealed. Because we each know what is indefensible about us, don't we? about the things that we have done or the things that we knew we should have done but we chose not to do or the things that we have thought. None of us are all the wronged and messed up things from this story on this Friday so many years ago, but somewhere in this story, we all show up and we all find ourselves and we all find ourselves complicit because we betray. We inflict pain. We shame, we mock, we hold on to power, whatever the cost, we lust for and we lust after others. We damage and take advantage of innocent people. We believe in justice and truth unless it gets in our way. And we tyrannize, we manipulate at our homes, our family, and our friends. We forget and we abandon those that we love. In fact, we use the words and tokens of love not to give but to take, and we are angry, and we are violent, and we like it. And at the center of all our hearts is the darkness reflected in the sky that day. So on the cross, on this holy day, we see the only innocent man in history hanging there, who by all accounts should be me. God says, I love you, and I came, and we decided that we will still kill him all the same. Here, the X marks what we must say that our hearts are crooked, that we cannot find our way, that what we all want really deep down is just to disobey, which is why in a moment we are all together going to say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify. But you might say, well, don't we call this day good? How could that be? What is good about the double tragedy of our messed up world and our darkened hearts? Well, this X also marks for us to see God as he is and as he's determined to treat you and me. See, the cross is the center of God's redemptive plan. It isn't a sideshow or an accident or a quirk along the way. It is and was and remains his eternal plan. And everything in the Old Testament points to it, and everything in the New Testament points back to it. And Jesus says on Monday, Thursday, on John 17, praying before speaking of the cross, he says, Father, the hour has come, the hour that we honor this night. He says, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. In his prayer, Jesus says that the cross is God's glory, not his shame. It is his triumph through the tragedy. He knows the blackness of your heart. 
He knows how broken and easily this world will fall apart. And he decided in eternity, I will send my son anyway. Christ does not excuse himself from our pain and suffering. He doesn't run away. He embraces every aspect of it. He lets his traitors succeed. He lets them hit him and mockingly bend their knee. He carries his own cross up to his end. He extends his own hands willingly upon the cross to let them nail him to a tree. He's suspended between heaven and earth, and he suspends himself between both. And he becomes what we hate to admit is ours, our sin. He becomes this to die for it and to die to it so that we might become what we can never become on our own, righteous and just. He finishes the work that he decided that he would do, and in the end, he dies when he intends to. He paves our way back to God. So here the X marks hit the center and says to you that God has come for you, to die for you, to bring you back to him, to bring you back to you, to show you that the way forward is not to run away, but to enter in, that even where death might seem to reign, there in the very center, Christ has already cleared a way the center of all things, time and history and heaven and earth is God willing our good in love. That is what he is and always was and will be and is the same, pouring his very life away for you and for me, for his enemies, for thieves and criminals, for failures and cheats and deadbeats and sexual screw-ups, for liars and murderers and the uncool and the lame, the sick the abused, the forgotten, and even the cruel. And here is the treasure that we are meant to find, the one the world and your very soul is always searching for. This cross, this X, this mark, and at the very center, the man upon the tree, the greatest treasure of all, the one who came for you. So we say that this day is good this Friday so many years ago, that it was good for you and that it was good for me and that it was good for the world and even for those who will not see and it always will be good because it was not good for him. Last week, after the horrific murders at Nashville at Covenant, someone went on the news claiming a bunch of things that they did not know about the shooter, about Chad Scruggs, about Chad Scruggs' interactions with the shooter, about several other speculations that he did not know, but wanted to share them on television. And it was shown and proven that they were all were wrong. This person texted Chad and said, I'm sorry. Chad simply texted back, God is good. And I wondered, how did he do that? How could he say that? After everything that had happened in his life and with his daughter, how could he say that? Even to this man who just made things worse for him and harder, how does he say that God is good? Because Chad calls this day good. Just like we call and all Christians call this Friday good. Because he knows that Christ has already entered fully into the center and the very depth 
of all pain, to the limits of tragedy and beyond the limits of love. He knows that God takes what is horrible and wrong and will turn it into something that we can call good. And on this Friday, we can know this too. So take this time this evening while we hear this story one more time. Find yourself within it. Find Christ seeking you within it. And hear the silence tomorrow on Saturday. Then come on Sunday morning and celebrate with us, not the reversal of everything that was done this night, but the vindication that God was right, that love is the way, that Christ is the treasure the world most desperately needs, and that death and sin lost their power this night when Christ entered into the center of everything deep within. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.